0: Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? Really, Riley? <laughs> Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hello, beloveds. Happy Wednesday. It's good to be back with you guys. My bad. I took a little hiatus, not willingly, but had to last week because my house got rocked with the nastiest stomach bug of the My life. Like, I mean, not to be a whiny ass baby, but between two pregnancies and 40 years on this earth, that was the sickest I have ever been coming out both ends, but I won't get graphic with it. Like my son came home with it and then of course gave it to the baby, which, ugh, like seeing a one-year-old that sick is horrible. Then I got it horrifically. Then, you know, I guess God smiled on us a little bit because he waited for me to sort of be on the mend before my husband got it. Then my son started throwing up again and it was just the battle of the germs and the nastiness and cleaning up all the puke and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it all sounds very justified that I would just be down for the count for like five days. But to me, that always feels like dropping the ball. I'm not being hard on myself right now. So thank you guys that are probably going to lift me up right now and be like, Riley, don't be so hard on yourself. But even though I know that it's okay for you to take care of you as a mom, there's always something in my head that when I go back to work and the vibes are off, or like I have a ton of work to make up, or like my energy levels are just gone, or the burnt out feeling creeps in, or I just don't feel creative at all, it's like, ugh, I have dropped the ball. And it's just like, I don't play sports, But it's always like you drop the ball, you get back up, you get back in the game, you get back on the horse. And it's like true, but sometimes it's hard to do that with a positive attitude because you're tired AF and you've just been pooping and puking all weekend, you know? Um, But for me, I've learned that the attitude is more important to me than even physicality of being present in things and doing things well. Because I think for a long time on the outside looking in, I was still doing things well, dropping balls left and right and getting back on the horse, as they say. And everybody's always be like, you know, Riley, I don't know how you do it. Da, da, da. <laughs> and that was before I had two kids and a husband. And I'd just be like, oh, I just do. And inside, inwardly, I was like, I don't fucking know either. I hate this shit. You know, like, so now whenever the ball gets dropped out of my hands, I need to come up with a different, like, um, saying for that because I don't play sports, but we're going to go with it right now. I was going to be like, you know, when the, when the contour one comes out of your hand, but I can't really, (laughs) most people won't get that. Whenever I drop the ball. Now I do try to make a consorted effort to get my energy back to right because it was just the shit storm. I, I, I got sick like Tuesday night and then Wednesday I had already alerted, my bosses and my show that I had jury duty I had to call into jury duty and be like I swear to god I'm sick and then mess with all that because you can get a fine if you don't show up to jury duty and make sure that they knew that I was actually sick because I was like well I guess I'm gonna bring a puke bag and go into this courtroom throwing up um so that was like another thing I had to reschedule and I just felt like all the balls in the air were just falling around me like oh my god with the ball references today um But I have to check myself and remember that that's just life. And I hate that saying because my husband will give it to me sometimes when I'm whining and it makes me so mad because it's so true because you don't want to hear that when you're struggling. You don't want to hear, well, that's just how it is. And you have to just buck up and keep going. That I can do. It's just keeping on with the positivity that I feel like Got me to this space in life that I always wanted to be with a great husband, two kids, and a great career. Podcast, all these things that I have manifested into existence. Um, I want to be able to enjoy them still when things seem to be going amok. Does anybody else hear that phrase or that word "amok" and think of like you know the Sanderson sisters? Amok, amok, amok. Stupid little like Halloween reference. This is where my brain has been the last five days, but. It's always, it's always easy to look at the strong ones, how they just get back up and keep going, but you never delve into, well, I mean, I guess people do delve into more mental health these days post pandemic, but it's not as frequent to delve into like how to do things efficiently, but happy as well. It seems like when you're growing up a lot of times or when you get to be like a teenager and you're like the reality check of real life is coming into play. Your parents or people that are your elders, if you will, are always telling you, you know, okay, now it's time to be serious and make money and have a real job or, you know, your dreams are there, but you're gonna have to do this, that, and the third. And like everybody teaches you how to strive in life, but I don't know that people always teach you how to be happy. I say this a lot at nauseum on the air. It's that you have to choose happy because although it seems like something that should just magically come it does not and I I really I wish that (laughs) I mean they have college courses on Beyonce and Taylor Swift for goodness sakes like uh is there one out there that teaches you to be happy is there one out there that teaches you to you know keep a smile on your face genuinely and not just for fake when you're going through the shit yes there is it's called hot yoga and I need to go back (laughs) But seriously, though, I think for me, in the thick of things, dropping the ball, trying to get it back to dribble, look at me with all these sports references. It's just I have to take time to reflect on the blessings that this last year and a half has given me, even though now that our wedding is over and our baby is a year old and, you know getting bigger and my son's getting bigger. My eldest son is starting to soccer and like all of this stuff. It's just like, I have to stop for a second and go, wow. Like I, life has really given me everything that I wanted. So although I'm pooping and puking and have the flu and everybody's sick, like it's okay. And life is still good. I'm going to go back to work and it's going to be weird to be back on the air after five days, like Is our rhythm gonna be bad? Like it's funny. Like we find a way to kind of just keep it moving and entertain because that's our job. But it's real quick how the vibe can be off after you go back on the air. You don't like I've been working with this show for five years. Been doing radio for almost twenty. And five days out when you actually get sleep, it's it's legit. Your rhythm is off. It's just to me keeping a good mental tracking space. Through all of that is harder than like working and being sick or achieving things in life. You know, I've been telling you guys that I've been going to therapy um, again for like the last, what is this, like three, four months. You know, I just recently got diagnosed with ADHD and I'm exploring the world with an open mind full of medication, not full of medication, an open mind on medication. And in my therapy, My therapist has been telling me, you know, whenever you're feeling certain things that are not good for your life, like anger or frustration or you're about to have an ass outburst, you need to look inwardly and feel that, which sucks. For a person that wants to push stuff down and keep it moving, I don't like feeling those feelings. But you need to feel that and identify, this is interesting that she said this, how old that makes you feel. Because if you can identify, like, okay, I'm in this moment, I'm about to have a damn temper tantrum, my husband is driving me insane, my kids are yelling at me, I just wanna go nuts. I always feel like I'm five. Like that age where you should know better than to have a screaming throw on the floor tantrum, but you're also not old enough to be able to handle those big emotions, so you just scream. And here's the trick, according to my therapist, because I haven't mastered this one yet, is that when. You are sitting there thinking about how it makes you feel. You're present in the moment and you can still sort of work through those feelings in your head. How this correlates to dropping the ball and keeping it moving and still being happy sounds very jumbled. But to me, being present and understanding all of my feelings while still being cognizant of the fact that I have a great life every day, even through the shit, even through the puke. (laughs) It's a process, but it's one that I think is so worth it. Like I always correlate everything to back to the gym because it's one of the biggest parts of my life. It's like one of the ways that my husband and I connected. It's how I keep my mind stable, how I keep my body the way that I would like it. And I don't just mean physically, I mean, strength wise and all of that. It's like, You'll put the work in in the gym to look a certain way, or that's what some people say the gym is about, but you won't put the work in to keep your mind right. And then what is all that good body looking for, you know, in a sense? So I think it's for sure a good important step to go through the thick of things, to drop that ball, but still... Keep a good mindset. I'm not going to say keep a smile in your face because, ugh, how guidance counselor of me does that sound? And I never did well with those cliche sayings, however, they might be true most of the time. I just like to give these notions from a realist point of view because I am not a self help book. I definitely would not have been a, Nas- a New York Times national bestseller if I was. I'd be on the clearance bin right now. But I definitely do feel like this week, although it not be my fault, I dropped the ball and I hate that because for me life is so infinitely short and 5 days to me seems so long to be down for the count whether I was sick or not. And I think this year I've paid attention to time a lot more in good ways and bad. You know, there's been a lot of death around my husband and I. His grandmother passed away last week and My mentor passed away a year ago as of last week. They actually passed away on the same day, a year apart. And to me, I'm just like, I don't want to be unhappy for five minutes more than five days, whether it be sickness or not, you know, and I try to keep in that mindset like, okay, you can't be like blissfully running around with rainbows and skittles coming out of your ass all the time. But I'm constantly checking myself, asking, all right, I'm in the thick of it, but let's say you're not sick. Let's say, you know, you just got a demotion at work or you, you know, didn't get that raise or that position that you wanted. It's like, okay, do I still want this path? Am I still good at this? Does this still work for me? Is this still making me happy? Is it not making me happy, but it's still worth it because of the money that provides for my family? You know, all those things. And it seems like a really annoying checklist to go through every single time you're in the thick of something. But for me, I have to. Because if I don't, that rabbit hole is vast, man. I think I have lost years of my life just still traveling down that rabbit hole. Like wallowing in dropping the ball. I think dropping the ball is important too because it teaches you what you can do with that. It's almost like you see, you know, we were watching Formula One on uh, Netflix the other day. I love that show, which is weird because, like I said, I'm not, like, a sportsy type of girl. But I just love the competitiveness and the drive and, like, the politics and all that stuff. Like, you see these drivers on that show that have been doing this their whole life. And the first season, they, like, profiled all the greats, like the Mercedes and, and Ferrari and all these, like, ones that are, like, top tier. But I think this season, they've been profiling... The quote lesser teams are the ones that are like 10th, 11th, 12th in the races versus like one, two, three. And some of those drivers that have been in the thick of it, literally their families giving up all of this money and time and moving across country for this person that for years was 13th in a race where nobody's noticing you because apparently you get points when you're in 10th and that's where the money comes in. I'm speaking sports a lot. Like, what the hell has happened to me? but those people in 13th place have still been going through it with happiness and perseverance in mind. Like this one dude, I, th- I don't want to give any spoilers away, so turn it off if you're watching it. But I think it was like the second episode. So he was like one of the teams that was 13th place. And then like this freak accident happened where two of the top, two or three of the top people got like met, like crashed out of the race. And he ended up in, like, ninth place. Ninth place, that's not usually something in sports that you freaking cheer about. And besides the show, I don't know a lot about Formula One. But he was so ecstatic to have made that stature for his team something they hadn't done in, like, forever. Time might as well have forgotten in this sport. Like, that's how long ago that they had made it even just to the top ten. And I was like, wow. That's pretty fucking poignant. Like, you're not number one. You're nowhere near number one. You're nowhere near the big dogs right now. And his dream is to have a championship, to win a Grand Prix, to be on the top. But he's that much closer to getting there. And literally, it was like not even a giant leap. It was like a baby step. But to that team, it was huge. And even though a lot of the balls had been dropped around him, it was like, okay, I'm excited about this. So I think that's another point to be thought of that, like, even though you dropped the ball, it's like, well, I ain't going to do that next time. I used to always tell my interns when they were on the air that, like, you know, because they would freak out and they would make mistakes. And, you know, I was always told after 10 seconds, nobody cares about it but you, which isn't always true, depending on what you say or did on air. But, you know, in terms of if you just made a silly mistake, seriously, in 10 seconds, nobody cares about it but you. And then you'll never do it again either. Like you'll never make that mistake. So it's like it's like the best learning curve ever sometimes to drop the ball because it makes you stronger. It's like in the gym. Like I don't always hit the weights that I want to. I don't always get the milestones that I want to. But every rep is a building block. Whether I dropped my grip on that freaking deadlift like I did yesterday or not, I will still get back to that 200 deadlift. <laughs> Can you tell that's my goal? We're sitting at 155 right now. We'll see if I can do it. I will do it. But, yeah, it's okay to drop the ball. I'm telling myself that, too. We're right here in the same boat, my friends. Even if my ball dropping was getting sick, which is inevitable when you have two children or when it's just stomach flu, stomach bug season. According to the doctor, we were lucky we only got it for four or five days. Some people got it for, like, ten. I was like, oh, I didn't, like, stick a fork in me at that point. I'm done. But, yeah, yeah. Dropping the ball is natural, friends. Just keep it going and hopefully keep your happy within the thick of it. All right, you guys, I'm getting off my soapbox. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for coming back to Really Riley. I know it was a couple of days, like a week, that I wasn't here, but I love you guys for listening, Um, and I will talk to you on Friday with the Fave Five. Yeah, it's Really Riley, guys. Talk to you next Friday.